Do you want to be a leader who gets noticed, gets things done, and gets real results? Then you need influence and authority. Join host Jennifer McClure to learn how to build authority, expand your influence, and increase your impact. This is the Impact Makers Podcast with Jennifer McClure. Hey there, Impact Makers. On today's podcast, I'll be chatting with Corey Carlson, an executive coach and speaker who helps leaders to win both at home and at work. With over 20 years of corporate experience, including managing large teams and holding executive positions, Corey understands the challenges and pressures that many leaders faced firsthand. In our conversation today, he shares about his personal journey of self-discovery as a leader, from battling with imposter syndrome to finding a better way to lead. He also opens up about the pivotal moment in his career that led him to seek out an executive coach and how that decision helped him to transform his life while also becoming a better father, husband, and leader. We'll chat about some of the key issues and lessons that he learned along the way, and we'll discuss the importance of embracing coaching, focusing on what truly matters, and maintaining a healthy work-life balance. I think that Corey's insights and practical strategies are not only beneficial for leaders, but for anyone seeking personal growth and fulfillment. Whether you're a seasoned executive or aspiring to make a meaningful impact, this episode is packed with valuable takeaways to inspire and empower you on your own career and life journey. Welcome, Corey Carlson, to the Impact Makers Podcast. Thank you for joining me today. How are you? I'm doing fantastic, Jennifer. Thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to our conversation. All right. Well, tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, what you're all about. Yeah, not a problem at all. I start. I was a corporate guy for a long, long time. And about 20 years in corporate, I started out in civil engineering and then in Kansas City, had some success. Got promoted, moved to Denver, Colorado, where I manage a bunch of people in states. And I got promoted, moved to Cincinnati. And in Cincinnati, I was VP of $120 million division. And quite honestly, I was kind of in over my head. I was managing people older than me. I leapfrogged my boss. I was now managing them. And I just, I was like, there's got to be a better way. I mean, I, you know, imposter syndrome that I'm sure you're familiar with and many of your listeners are. You're just like, what if they're going to find out I'm not the right person for this role? Kind of all that was happening. So it caused me to overwork, skip the gym, skip you know quiet time, kind of sometimes even hanging out with the family. I, I'd have my laptop on my lap while everyone else was hanging out you know, on the carpet or whatever. And so I was like, yeah, there's got to be a better way. And so I called my boss and just said, hey, I, I need help. And they're like, hey, get an executive coach. I've always had one. I was like, well, gosh, darn, I wish you had told me that sooner. But I hired an executive coach and I just fell in love with the process because I just got better. I became a better father, a better husband, a better leader. I, I learned you know, some different perspectives. I had someone helping me with encouragement, helping me with accountability, but also just taking all the noise because so many times when we're leading, we think everything's important. But if you have that outside perspective of coaches say, no, focus on this or what, what do you think are the three most important things to move the needle? Kind of all those pieces. And so that was about probably 10 years ago when that started. And before we hit record, I, I mentioned this to you and I'll just you know say it again. About that time is when I had a random call with you. Someone had mentioned your name as someone I needed to talk to. But I love coaching so much. I wanted to go pursue it, like pursue coaching, pursue speaking. But I didn't know what any of that meant. And so I had a call with you. I remember in the parking lot I was at, I stepped away from my company I work for sat out and you're so kind to talk to me. You gave me great information. 
And uh, you had no idea if you'd reap any benefits out of it. And quite honestly, you didn't reap any benefits out unless you call it a 10 year later podcast interview. But anyways, that was very kind of you to invest in someone you had no idea what was going to happen. So first and foremost, thank you for that. That was pretty cool. I had that conversation with you. It did add some fuel to the fire. But at the end of the day, it I didn't have enough guts to leave corporate to go build a coaching and speaking business. So I took one more stop at a corporate company where I was president of sales for a national contractor. I had 30 salespeople throughout the country reporting to me. And I these were the tools I was using, just the coaching tools that I learned. That's all I was using with them. I was talking to them about dating their spouses. I was talking about them blocking out time on the calendar for think time or be strategic or how can they be you know more intentional with their with their schedule? It just it, and it worked. And when they got better, and I was like, wait, this helped me. This helped these thirty people. I want to go do this for a living. So finally, I decided I'm going for it. I mean, it took me getting fired, but I, I still went for it. I we were owned by a private equity group, and they said, you know, they just made some decisions to go do some different things and got rid of a few executives along the way, and I was one of them. But that severance package was all I needed. I got the severance package, I hustled. And then here we are today doing coaching and speaking full time. So anyways, long story of where I'm at live in Cincinnati, married three kids and get to do this full time where I help leaders win at work and win at home. Well, we have a lot in common there. We both had to get fired in order to figure out how to actually be brave enough to take the next step, right? <laughs> I know. I uh, I tell clients all the time, be bold, make that bold move. And I know deep down there's one time in my life I didn't take a bold move for sure. It had to be done for me. But um, well, what matters is what you do when you're faced with the situation and, and how you embrace the challenge, I guess, right? Uh, so that's exactly right. So what were some of the steps that you took? I mean, you had the severance package, but um, as as I can relate, uh, those only last for so long. So you do have to take action. What were some of the first steps that you took when you said, okay, I'm actually going to do this? Mm -hmm. I got a four month severance package. So the very first step I made was call my wife. And I said, babe, I got good news, bad news. Bad news is I just got fired. The good news is I have a four month severance package. Can I try to do this coaching? And, and, and then basically we had a great conversation. She said, she said, yeah, you got four months. You got four months. <laughs> you got four months to, to get it to a out. point. <laughs> Otherwise, just go back and get, get, get a real job. And uh, no, she was super supportive. But what happened, Jennifer, is... I hustled to in that four months to try to get coaching up, and I got it to about 50%. That's about as high as I could kind of get it, and it was a little less than 50%. But I was able to talk to a local manufacturer in Cincinnati to help them with business development, you know, sales and marketing, really for the other 50. So I wasn't able to get all the way to 100% what my old salary was, but I, I had this arrangement that was 50-50 that I, I was pleased with, and Holly and I agreed, hey, this is good enough to proceed and see what happens. So over the course of a few years, I continued to try to get more coaching clients, get more speaking engagements. And that 50-50 eventually went to 75-25, then eventually 90-10. And then we get to March 1st, 2020. Oh. And before we really <laughs> knew what ominous. COVID was, <laughs> yeah, you can see where this is going. We decide as a family, we're going all into coaching and speaking. This is working and we've seen all the green lights. Some incredible things have happened in those you know, years leading up to that decision. It, you know, such as I my first book was Win a Home First. That was the title of the book. Someone in Forbes magazine says one of seven books everyone on your team should read. 
And so that was cool. And I was getting some speaking engagements out of it. I launched my own podcast called Win a Home First, where I talked to leaders about home, work, and faith. And it was just, it was all the signs are pointing. So it was like, we're going in. And so March 1st, 2020, went all into coaching, speaking. Friday the 13th, I'm not a superstitious guy, but I think it's odd that all travel restrictions, everything happened on Friday the 13th, stay at home. In that day, I got a few emails that canceled paid speaking engagements. And in that exact day, 35% of my revenue vanished. And I was scared. I was frustrated. You know, and I'm I'm a person of faith. And so I was also frustrated. God is like, wait, wait, I thought we were doing this together. I thought we kind of did this whole 50-50 stair step to 75, 25, 90, 10, 100, 0. You know, what happened? Like, this is this is crud. I would would have not have done this that that way. So I, I was kind of in a funk, and but over the course of a few months, I I was spending time quiet reading some scripture. I was pointing to some different scriptures that were helpful. I also got just cool stories of other podcasts and the resilience stories and inspirational stories. And I was kind of just putting this stuff together, if you will, content, and it was helping me to get back up. And then. I had about over the course of next year, I had 60 different executive one-on-one clients I was working with. And Jennifer, they would randomly kind of say, I'm struggling with this, or I'm thinking about this. And I'd be like, oh my goodness, <laughs> I was just looking at the, you know these thoughts this morning. Let me share it with you. And so it got battle tested and it was helpful to them. I was like, well, there's a book here. So that became the second book called Rise and Go, where the first 10 chapters are give you the courage to get back up. And then the next 10 chapters are give you the confidence to move forward. So really the whole thesis of that book is of, of Rise and Go is all leaders get knocked down. It's just the great leaders get back up quicker. So what could it look like in your life if the next time you were knocked down, you were able to get back up quicker? Mm. Well, what are some of the the ideas in the book? You don't have to share the whole thing. Obviously, we want people to go and, and get it and read it. But what are some of the, the key focus areas that you talk to leaders about in your book, Rise and Go? Yeah, there is, I mean, obviously being 20 chapters and you know all the half pieces of content, there's a lot in there. And so I don't know if these are necessarily my, my top ones, but those ones I'm thinking about right now. So maybe that means a listener needs to hear it. You know, one thing that I know for sure that was life-changing in my life that I needed to start doing is in September of 2020, I had a coaching opportunity in South Carolina because of covid and virtual schooling i was able to take my daughter with me because hey come hang out with me we'll we'll see the beach we'll see the ocean we'll do some college visits and also you can kind of sit in some of the coaching sessions and then obviously attend class virtually when you can so this particular night the first night of our you know coaching retreat Everyone in the room answers some questions like, you know, what are breakthroughs in your life? What are different frustrations you're having? What are challenges? And just kind of wrote all those different things, kind of a, where's your life right now? And we broke up into pairs. And so Kylie and I were paired and she went first with all of her answers. She shared with me her answers and they're awesome. And I'm, you know, I'm an emotional dad. So I'm, I'm tearing up at all of her neat answers and how thoughtful she was, you know, just grateful for dance and, and and just grateful for different opportunities she has. And it was really cool. So this is my turn. And so I read all my answers to her and I'm just like, so Kylie, you know, what do you think? 
And when she responded, dad, you're amazing. I hope my husband's just like you. No, <laughs> just kidding. She didn't say any of that. <laughs> she didn't say any of that. She looked at me and she said, dad, you sound angry. And I was like, what? You know, what do you mean I sound angry? So as we unpacked it more, she basically said, dad, you said you wrote a book, but you want to write two, three, four, five, six. You've had some neat speaking engagements, but you want more, more, more. You have some great clients, but you want more, more, more. And so what a 16-year-old at the time was basically telling me, hey, dad, you're focusing on the on the gap and not the gain. You know, you are focused on the unchecked boxes of your to-do list and not the checked ones. And it, it, I mean, it, 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 it shook me. So I came home from that trip, and I'm not the first one to ever do a gratitude journal. I mean, you can buy the things. But starting that night, when I got home from that trip, and I've done it for two and a half years now, every night when I go to bed, I write down three things I'm grateful for from that day, three different wins that I've had. And sometimes they're big, sometimes they're small, sometimes they're personal, sometimes they're professional, but it has been a game changer. And it has shifted my mindset from a, a scarcity mindset to an abundant mindset, from a negative to a positive mindset. So it's actually one of the things I talk about in the book. I share that exact story, but I also just share that tool of start focusing on the progress you're making and you know what are the wins in your life? Because we all have wins. Because it's been so impactful in my life, I start my coaching calls with my clients with that. Like, what is a personal win? What is a professional win? So leaders can start to look at that because really all the way we're all wired, we're all type A's, we're all go, go, go. And so often we just, we don't pay attention to the progress we're making individually, as a team, as a family. We're so focused on the negative. And so one of the key elements of Rise and Go is actually to be thinking about things that you're grateful for. Because when we get in that valley, when we've been knocked down, man, we, 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 whether it's the devil, it's head trash, it's some buddies, you know, something somebody told us a decade ago, it, got, it starts to replay in our head. And that's what we'll focus on of, you know, you're not good enough. You'll never make it. You're, you know, you're a cruddy mom, you're a cruddy dad, you're a cruddy leader. That's just what we'll hear. And so for those people who want to make that greater impact, they've got to get back up with that confidence that, hey, I, I've done this before. There's good momentum in my life. Yeah, I have a, a setback, but we've got to be looking at some gratitude. So th that's one of them. I, I, mean, I can keep going. I can get I can get fired up talking about this stuff. Sure. Well, with the coaching that you've done, you know, particularly with leaders since 2020, where we've all had a lot of change going on in our lives, what are some of the areas that you're seeing the leaders that you're working with really struggle with right now? Like you mentioned, you know, the the gap versus the gain, thinking about gratitude, you know, we've been through a lot. And I'm sure leaders who have teams and people and organizations who are a lot of the people listening to this podcast Maybe they're still struggling with something. What are some of the things you're working with your clients to overcome and, and how are you helping them with that? There's a few things that I am seeing for sure. One absolutely is chaotic schedules are back where leaders are saying yes to everything again. You know, almost a little, a little bit like 2019, you know, but worse because now it's like I'm making them for lost time. You know, we just got invited to the barbecue. We've got to go to it. We just got invited to this nonprofit event. Well, we got to go to it. We got all these work meetings. I better start traveling all the time for work again. We, we need to go to the happy hour. I mean, we are, all of us are saying yes to so much more now. Is it more than we did in 2019? I, I don't know. 
but it definitely is a lot. And so we are, we've gone from pretty much zero sitting around our houses, you know, in COVID to all of a sudden full blast and then some. And so a lot of leaders are having those chaotic schedules and, and kind of what, what's happening is it's impacting relationships. It's having a negative impact on marriages, on engagement with kids and spending time with kids, maybe even some friend time where if you, you know, have, have, you know, some buddies or some girlfriends that you like to meet up with that suffered and getting to the gym. And so what's happening, what I'm seeing is all these different chaotic schedules is everyone's saying yes to everything. And then therefore they're really, you know, the, the family, the friends, and even self-care is, is off to the side. And so obviously that's, you know, not very helpful and that's not very good for the, the long-term a, a, a quote that I had heard, and I love it, is the quantity of our no's will drive the quality of our yeses. So once again, the quantity of our no's will drive the quality of our yeses. And so the more times we say no to things, like maybe we don't need to be in, involved in three nonprofits. Maybe we don't need to be in two small groups. You know, maybe we don't need to you know, be going to every single invite we get. Because when we actually say yes to something, we show up. We're all then. We're present. We're not thinking about, oh, I wish I wasn't here or we're tired. But instead, when we show up, we are our best self. And so it's really working with leaders to just yesterday. I did a screen share of the client because they're talking about how busy they were. And we looked at their schedule. Like, do you really need to go to that meeting? I mean, if you are a leader of the company, and I love Warren Buffett's quote of all great leaders create organizations that are not dependent on themselves. And so looking at this individual schedule, it's like, do you really need to go to that meeting? Mm, uh, no, probably not. Don't go. <laughs> you know, a lot of us say yes to especially work meetings out of pride. Like we just think, oh, I just don't know if they'll make the right decisions if I'm not in that room. <laughs> yeah, they will. <laughs> they'll be fine. And if anything's a little off, I'm sure you could pretty course, pretty much course correct it in a quick five minute wrap up and not have to spend the full hour in the meeting. And so really, it's just helping people look at their personal and the professional schedule. That's one of them. You know, that's one of them seen a lot of chaotic schedule on the relationship piece. I, for those that have some fractured relationships, it's intentionality around them. I mean, if the marriage is suffering, when's the last time you went on a date? Just you two, not, not a work party, not a double date where you can avoid each other. Like I know when Holly and I go double dates or we go to functions, usually I'm walking around the room talking to everybody. And then at the end of the night we get together. It's like, all right, Jeff on. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, so we need, Holly and I need to go on like two dates a month where it's just her and I, and we're talking and um, it, it helps us. So for any listener that's kind of, you know, don't just accept kind of a, a complacent marriage or just being roommates, or it's just, I can't connect with my teenage daughter just the way it is. No, be intentional, take some action, plan some, plan some things and, and dates with kids or with spouses don't have to be expensive. They don't have to be extravagant. They don't have to be, you know, the fancy steak place. It's just, it's, it's just time to spend some time with them, hang out, laugh. And so anyways, I'm seeing a lot of chaotic schedules and, and uh, fractured relationships right now. Have we lost the concept of of work-life balance, which I know people debate work-life balance, work-life integration, life. Have we lost that concept now that everything is digital and we're easily accessible all the time? Uh, yeah, yes, we have. We, we, you talked about the word work-life balance. When I wrote Win at Home First, the subtitle is an inspirational guide to work-life balance. And I remember talking to the 
self you know, the, the publishing consultant. I was like, man, I, I do not like the word work-life balance. You know, I don't believe it works that way. And she, she was super kind. And she said, listen, you have to use that word. You're not a, you know, you're not a big enough name. You're not like a Jeff Bezos. You can come and make something up like work-life harmony or anything like that. She goes, you got to use work-life balance for SEO, for, you know, search engine optimization. I just laugh. So anyways, work-life balance it is. You know, I think for all of us as leaders, it's not a balance, like a, a perfect scale. But what it is, is when you spend a lot of time in work, you need to recalibrate and then spend time with family. Just last week, I was in Seattle. Obviously, I'm you know not winning at home when I'm at Seattle because I'm there. I'm all in with the clients, spending time with them. You know, I, I did a day and a half workshop, so it's speaking that time. It's being present at the happy hour, at the dinner, you know, both nights. And so I'm not. I, yeah, it's a quick text home or a quick call in, but I'm not doing that. But however, when I came home, now it's that recalibrate. I'm spending all my time with the family. This weekend, I mean, yes, I, you know, went to the gym and did a couple other things, but, you know, we, we, we spent time together from all of us at a family attending, attending church. We, we, we actually happen to volunteer. We don't volunteer all the time. It's not like we're some amazing family. <laughs> we happen to volunteer this weekend. We did a group, we did a family date night. Holly and I had a date night on Saturday night. So it, it was like all in. And so I just try to be aware that if I'm doing something all in for family, then, you know, then it's work. And it's just that it's that balance per se of doing that. So anyways, just for that listener to think it's not, there's no chance of doing it. I, I think when you travel, you come home, you be all in. When And when you're home, it, it's put the phone away. We don't need the phone on you know, near us all the time. And I think that's where a lot of people also get tripped up is they're always looking at their phone. Um, and so it's like, put the, put it on the counter and look at it occasionally, or at least have some blocks of time, both at work and at home where you're just not, aimlessly scrolling social media and seeing what the what the news is mm -hmm. what about self-care as part of all that so there's focusing on work there's focusing on home if you have relationships or family at home but what about for the leaders that you work with that maybe aren't doing anything for themselves huge miss we have to do something for ourselves great book called lead yourself first and it talks about the decline in leadership in america today it's not a political statement it's just it it is just that Churches, politics, military, corporate America, all of those things, leadership is in a decline because of the decrease in solitude. And the book is great. It gives examples of almost like, you know, military stories of, hey, should we go to battle? Well, let me sleep on it. The book ends with a story of Martin Luther King. He was at his kitchen table the night before I have a dream speech where he has a huge impactful moment of solitude that really helped, you know, direct the I have a dream speech. And so all that was taking place, you know, in that book, and it talks about how the reason solitude is so important is because it gives us self-awareness and emotional balance. Self-awareness, you know, why were we too prideful in, in the meeting? Or why did that upset us so bad? Or why did I lose my temper with my kid when they wouldn't brush their teeth? I mean, it, it gives us self-awareness what's happening. And then it's uh, emotional balance is it helps eliminate the, the, those crazy peaks and valleys of the roller coaster of life. It helps a little bit stabilize it more. So in that, solitude is a huge piece of self-care, whether for the listener, if it's scripture, if it's meditation, if it's yoga, if it's running, if it's cycling, it's doing things where you don't have additional noises in your brain, where you can just think, you can discern all the different inputs you've had all week. 
mean, there's sometimes I go to the gym and I just, I have AirPods in my ears. No one talks to me, but there's nothing in there. I just, I just need some time. Just like, instead of go, you know, operating so high, it's like, I need to dial back. So solitude, whatever that looks like in people's lives, you need to figure out more of that. How do you get 10 minutes of it? Is it wake up 10 minutes early? Is it turn the radio off in the car? Is it go for a walk around the building? Just whatever it is. It doesn't need to be a huge overswing and, but it's how can you find some time throughout your day just for solitude? And then that, you know, second one of self-care is in fact exercise. I mean, it is, what are you putting in your body? What time are you going to bed? What time are you waking up? Are you moving? I mean, I, I think we all are pretty darn aware that our biology, what's happening can drive our mindset. I mean, if I stay up way too late and watch a game or stream a TV show and decide, you know, I need that extra glass of wine or I need, you know, something, another scoop of ice cream or whatever that is for that listener, that next day, we're not making a lot of impact. We're hiding behind our laptop. We're hiding in our office. We're tired. We can't wait till the end of the day. So really that self-care on your mind and on your body helps you have greater impact to those that you lead. Mm -hmm. Well, as you're looking into 2023, both for yourself and for your clients, where do you think... What is the opportunity for us to make the most impact in the world with the people that we lead and serve today? You know, I think one, I mean, it's a reminder even to myself, one of the place, the greatest place to have the impact is those right around you. You know, I think so many times, even in my own business, it's like, oh, I got to make that LinkedIn post. I need to go connect with some stranger out in Arizona or go connect with somebody. And I do need to do those things. I mean, that's how my business does grow. But at the end of the day, I can't go make all this impact to people who may or may not be impacted at the risk of not making impact with those in my own home, those in my own close orbit. And so I think for me, because I'm a big word of the year guy and you know, I'm sure you are too, you do probably word of the year as well. And so my word is scale and I've got to be careful that I don't take that scale side of that word to mean grow, 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 you know, forget the family. We'll talk to them in 2024, 2025, <laughs> but just scale the business. I am thinking of scale. How do I scale the business so that I can have impact, but not at the consequence of those around me? So I think as we think about impact, it's it's take care of your family, take care of your close friends, take care of that immediate team. Make sure that they're doing well and you're developing them. And so that not only you have an impact, but they can then go have impact. Mm-hmm. Well, where can people find out more about you, your work, your books? Well, thank you. Thanks for the opportunity to, to talk. My website is CoreyMCarlson.com. And there there's there's you know there's some free resources from free downloadable things. But if there's anything I said, man, please email me. I would love a, just to sit down and talk with a listener and just reference this podcast, please, in the email. And love just do a 30 minute just checking. Is there something that I can just help you with? Share some frameworks that I use with clients and just, you know, a free 30 minute strategy session just to see if there's anything I'm saying that maybe it can help you get some additional leverage in those that you lead and impact. Mm-hmm. Well, I know your daughter gave you some great advice about not looking for what's next all the time, but I've never met an author that is not like someone who has a tattoo. There's always another book, right? And <laughs> another tattoo. So what's the next book going to be about? I honestly don't know. I do know there's going to be another book because I, I I don't have a tattoo. And I'm not anti-tattoo, but I know that. I mean, I, I I never thought I'd write a book. And even for that listener, it's just, I mean, I'm a civil engineer by degree. I'm a sales guy by career. 
I, I got a C in, in high school English. I mean, this was not on my radar to ever write a book. And matter of fact, it wasn't even on my radar. I ignored in some of my quiet times, some of my solitude, I ignored the prompting to write a book. Hand over your story for a greater story was the phrase I kept hearing in quiet time. And I was like, man, you know, what does that look like? And if I could tell it was to write a book and, you know, just because, you know, I wrote a book called Win at Home First because I lost at home first. That's the whole reason I wrote the book. And so handing over my story for a greater story is, hey, how can I share my losses, the areas that, you know, I made stupid mistakes, made bad decisions, put work above home, took my identity to, to work. That doesn't work out. Uh, and so I, I just got some, unfortunately, I got some, got some wounds. And so it's putting these, but I was able to overcome them. So my wife and I will celebrate 24 years of marriage this summer. Uh, I almost had to file bankruptcy at one point because the business venture went bad, but able to course correct and, you know, now able to have a successful business. So it's just things I had some wounds, but able to overcome them. And so in the book are, are not only sharing the vulnerability of the wounds, but Hey, these, this is how I overcame it. This is the, some frameworks that I use to help me have success at home and at work. And so all that to say is I, I wrote the book, went home first because I lost. And so I, I wrote the, I was getting the promptings to write the book and I wasn't doing it. I wasn't being obedient. And Jennifer, you'd appreciate this, having clients yourself. In a course of about two weeks, every single client said, you should write a book. It's like, oh my gosh, are you serious? They never even said that before. I mean, it, but for them to all of a sudden all say it at the same time, not a coincidence. So I ended up going down the process of writing the book. Same thing with the second book. I didn't think I was going to write a book, but once I started accumulating a bunch of Google Docs <laughs> and pieces of paper, I was like, all right, there's something here. So I understand there'll be a third book. Unfortunately, the way I write books is usually I have to stumble Therefore, I then put the pieces together of what helped me get back up. So unfortunately, a third book may mean there is another stumble. I'm going to hope it's not that. I'm going to hope it's not that. And maybe I can write another book. But there will be something. I, I just I need to think about what I want to write on. You know, I When I work with clients, someone asked me the percentage of it. And I, I focus on home and work. But I bet 70% of the time is talking about work. But it's that 30, you know, it's that 30% of professional where a lot of coaches don't just don't they're a business coach, it's work, 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 like 100% work, let's, let's talk strategy and KPIs, let's go, 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 man, as the leader goes, so goes the company, if, if home's not going good, it's going to factor into your leadership at work. So I think with, you know, with my coaching, let's say it's 70% work, 30% on bit on a uh, personal, as far as what my coaching calls could look like, that just means what is the third book? Like, do I focus on professional? Do I focus on personal? So I don't have that answer yet. Therefore, I haven't even really started on third book, but I am already getting some nudges, um, which probably is a sign to start writing again. Well, I look forward to seeing what the message will be and um, hope that your stumble is either easy or not, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to try to avoid the stumble. Maybe, uh, yeah. But, well, I appreciate you coming and sharing more with us about you today. We'll certainly link up to your website where people can get some free resources as well as the books if they want to check out more about how to win at work or win at work in life. That's Michael Hyatt, right? That's right <laughs> win at that's home right. first yeah, yeah. Um, and also rise and go. So thanks again, Corey, for being with yeah. me today. I appreciate it. 
Oh, thank you. And then like you, I'm busy on LinkedIn. So anyone can connect there as well. All right. It's time for you to get noticed, create change and grow your influence. Don't waste any time. Subscribe to this podcast and help us get the word out by leaving a review. 